Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. I'm excited to share today. Um, this we're still in this series, and I'm excited to share it honestly because if if truth be known, I try to share the truth. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Jill, got that. Um, truth be known, this last week and this week, and we have another installment. Um, are really the heart behind this whole series, for being honest. Um, we're in a series entitled Fearless, Being Fearless. And remember, remind you, I've been talking about not saying that we're just totally saying, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear it like we're you know, being stubborn, but we're not going to let fear rule us. We can recognize it and speak to it. We can speak, uh, read God's word over it. And the Bible clearly says that fear is not from God. Fear that will that terrifies you and draws us back and makes us to to come to a place. And again, I'm not talking about spiders and snakes and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! I'm talking about that mental thought, that that spiritual thing, that that thing that tries to stop us from stepping out. That thing that tries to stop us from letting the kingdom of God be advanced with us and through us. Um, and in this series, last week we talked about Pentecost. And that was, for some I mentioned, can be a scary word. And uh, because, not because of the word, we know the definition of Pentecost is 50. And uh, that was not scary. But what it associates with, the Pentecostal and that, the, you know, what, whatever your mind, and I know if I were to do a survey, there's all kinds of thoughts. You might be nice to me saying, oh, it's this. But when, you, when I, I hear rustling and I hear ta- other people talk about it, and it really can get brutal about what Pentecostal is. And, uh, and so we, we try to kind of walk over that a little bit and understand that if, if anything, if anybody was Pentecostal, any would have been the first church. Uh, there was a lot of Pentecostal happening over there and uh, with the disciples. Yeah, anyone read the same Bible I've read? Okay, it wasn't quiet and calm. There was a lot of craziness happening, right? And uh, in a good way. And it wasn't crazy to be crazy. It was crazy because it was changing people's lives. And there was a fruit that come along with it. So understand that. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for the, the crazy. We're looking for the supernatural and the change that God does through that power and through that process. And, uh, and so uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is kind of our foundational scripture. Most of you know it. I'll just read it with us together. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Somebody say sound mind. we got to have a sound mind. Amen? And a sound mind when it has to do with a topic like this. We, we have to have a sound mind. And so I'm going to do a little teaching. We're going to kind of jump off of what we had kind of used last week as a springboard Pentecost. Uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit different. We're kind of moving past some fears. And uh, like I said before, this series was really about not fearing an authentic move of God. It's really what this series has been about secretly. 
Now I've been putting all the other, a lot of other things that were good, but the heart behind why God wanted us to do this now was to not be scared, not to be worried, not to be afraid. In fact, to get ready for, to desire, to dig in for on an authentic move of God. Because when God authentically touches and changes our heart, nothing can change our minds then. When God gets a hold of our heart and our minds. When He does, it's like, oh, wow. And God desires to do that. And he wants to do that. And so this is really the heart behind this. And so um, I'm going to continue to be a little bolder today, but I'm going to do a little more teaching. Okay, so don't fall asleep on me. We're going to do, I'm going to play the teacher role today, and we're going to do some teaching. Now, for some of you, you're like, oh, man, I've already heard this. Praise God. Maybe you'll hear it now in a way that you can help teach it another yourself as well, okay? Um, and so I want us to, to get this. If you're watching online, uh, yeah, so those of you that are here and like, oh, I already heard this, maybe I'm saying it for the people online. The people online are saying, I've already heard this, maybe it's for someone here. I'm just saying that we can we can, we can pull something from it today. And so we're going to stop, we're going to pray, we're going to just welcome his presence um, in, the, in what I say, pray that he speaks through me today. So let's bow your head if you would. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you that you are good. We thank you for our salvation that we have through Christ. We thank you for Holy Spirit. And so, Father, it's in that heart that we, we dig into so that we can not only be thankful for it, but, Father, we can activate in it, utilize the power of God, your power, in our everyday life. Father, I pray that my words would be your words. So we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to kind of lead through. Father, I, ask, I just pray supernaturally that if I say anything wrong, that you translate it to the right. We just ask that you would move and you would reveal and you would bring Rhema word today. We love you for it, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So if you don't know, um, if we don't understand, if we don't get a concept, that the power of God, that is Holy Spirit, is from God. It's His desire to move. And if we don't know that, if we don't know His word, the enemy will try to use something odd, what the world would say odd, or, and will use it or the enemy will try to use it for his good. In other words, to stifle this, the power of God to move in this world. Okay, we know that we, when the fall of man, that we that the enemy now, the prince of darkness now rules for a time now in this world, and so he will always pollute. Um, he will always dilute, and he will always um, counterfeit goodness of God, power of God, promises of God, um, all of these things. And this is not, um, uh, this, this also is one of those things. Now how the enemy does this is if he can keep it in the dark and he can keep it to a place where we're scared of it, afraid of it, uh, uh, or uh, allow us to hear, you know, or to, to buy into to weird 
teachings, traditions, and all those things, if we allow those things to crowd our hearts, the enemy is doing this to, to make things confusing so that we never activate in it. So I need you to understand this is uh, amazing power um, that we need to understand. Um, and uh, if you don't know, just so we kind of under got a full understanding, some of you are newer, some of you are older. Uh, <laughs> wow, it's bad. You know what I mean. Man, I'm making enemies. Some of you have been around longer. But what you might not know, because we don't always scream from the rooftops, what you might not know is that this church was established for two things. Number one, that people would know that Jesus loves them and they would invite Christ in their life and that they would be advanced into the kingdom. That's number one. And by the way, that is our number one goal. It is God's purpose for our life. It's number one. Number two was that when Pastor Sellers created this church, when he felt like God had said to open this church and to build this building and do all that was because he, he saw that there was a need for the authentic move of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to move in, in the area. At the time, it, where there, was not a, there was not someone teaching or there wasn't a church that was doing that in that way at least the way the DNA of how pastor had seen it to go. So I need you to understand the very DNA for this church is that we are saved and sanctified, but we are also spirit-filled, ready to see the miracles of God and see signs and wonders and miracles, not to just see them, but to see the change that brings about in them. Okay? So if you don't know, this is a spirit-filled Pentecostal. You're like, oh, let me use that word again. Don't be scared. Understand that what we're trying to do, we're trying to go back. We're trying to keep ourselves to the place like the New Testament church when this power of God hit them and things changed and masses were come to the kingdom of God. Masses were healed and made new and all of that. This is what I believe and what we believe here at this church what God's desire is for our whole world is those things. But if we're not careful, we'll become fearful because I will tell you that there are times it's odd, uncomfortable, sounds weird, feels weird, looks weird, all of those things. But that's okay if it's changing our hearts and our minds, and more importantly, it's changing our world. And so this is the desire. And so I'm, I'm trying to become fearless. I'm not expecting that all of you are going to buy into all of it right now. But if you're a little less fearful than you leave here today of this mystery, or more importantly, maybe you're just a little more inclined to seek him a little more to find out, to, to kind of churn it up for yourself, then praise God we've done our job. Okay? So everyone say, I love you, Pastor. All right, good, here we go. We're going to do this. Did I pray already? I feel like we should pray again. No, we'll, go, we'll keep going. It's okay. It's okay. All right. One of the greatest things for my life was the power of God changing me. Um, when I received Christ, uh, when I was, a, I was young, that was amazing. Um, I will say this. When I received Christ for the first time, I was about eight, um, and then for a series of years, I continued to receive Christ because I, 
um, I, I was trying to work at this salvation thing from a, a physical will kind of way. Um, when I was 12, I went to a Bible camp and, and the Spirit of God fell on my life and I was never the same. Now, I will say this. I was not perfect, nor am I today. But I certainly got a different perspective. I understood that God loved me. I never doubted that anymore. Now, there were times circumstances have come up through life and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't like it. But when, when the power of God came on me, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God loved and cared for me. I didn't have to struggle through that anymore. Um, and so this is one of the many things. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth that I heard in that understanding was that when the, the truth of the power of God that now resides in me, in the Holy Spirit in me, it freed me from myself. It freed me from the mind of trying to talk myself out of God's love. Okay? And so this is one of the reasons why it's really important. Now, one of the scriptures that really helped me, and maybe, maybe this will help you, and, and maybe it's not. It's found in Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read it for you. Luke chapter 11 was one of the, the verses that kind of helped me kind of get over this thing because I'm asking for all that God has in, in all of this and feeling like I'm not sure if I deserve it and I didn't deserve it in my own right and all of that. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13, we'll read, we'll read a couple verses here. It says, Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Verse 12, Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? Verse 13, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This was the one for me, it was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Because I didn't deserve it. I was like, oh, you know, and, and, and understand that. And it was like, ugh. First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, there's no fear in love. And so if I understand that God is love and the Holy Spirit is, is, is God, then there's no fear there. It says, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has nothing to, has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. In other words, it means to be saturated, to, to, to believe and to buy into the all that God is, all that he is. The Bible says he is love. And if you look at God, there's, God is a three-head God, right? The Godhead, the Trinity. Okay, we'll get into that some more. All right, and so what am I saying? I'm saying that there are some weird, some weird, some crazy, some, some unexplainable at times. But this is what I'm saying. What's the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? To investigate, to let God sort through the humanness to find the gem and the truths that is the power of God. Because he doesn't intend for us to live without him, without God, nor does he intend us to walk without the Spirit. We need these things to be more than conquerors. To be what God has called us to be, we need these things. And so we need to understand and get at. So I talked about what we believe already, so we're going to get right into this three. Now I talked about three. Ecclesiastes chapter four, there's something about power, but when it comes to power, it has something to do with threes. 
Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, uh, verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three-cord is not quickly broken. You see that? Okay, First John chapter 5, verse 7 says this. Look at this one. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which by the way, Scripture calls Jesus the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. And this is where we get the Trinity. Okay? Everyone tracking with me okay so far, right? We're doing good. Some of you are like, man, I heard this so many times. Praise God. Father, so the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, or Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. There are so many threes in Scripture. There's something about three, right? Uh, uh, three things in the ark, the, the manna uh, in the Noah's ark, not Noah's ark, in <laughs> the, the um, art, yeah, thank you, words. There were three things that were put in there, okay? Manna, Aaron's staff, and the stone tablets of the covenant. There were three things. Three years, Jesus had his ministry. Three days, and he was raised from the dead. We are a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. We have a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You see that threes? So there's something important about threes, and that leads me to today's installment. We're going to talk about three baptisms. Three baptisms. And so this is where we get into the teaching. If I wish I had like a chalkboard. I could really be the, the teacher. So we'll have to, you'll have to kind of imagine this in your head. But first of all, the Greek word for baptism is baptizo. Okay, baptizo. And it means, the word it means baptizing means to immerse, to saturate, to fully be soaked, completely soaked. Okay, now I want you to, to, to kind of get your picture of what that looks like. Uh, you jump into a river or a lake or the ocean, you're not going to be a little damp, right? You're going to be completely soaked, right? Okay, so understand that the baptism means that. Um, there, I know there are many ways on, on different, different, how different people do it, but the word in its reality and in, in what it's, tra it's translated as is the word immersion, okay, and saturation. So that leads us to our very first point. When we talk about baptism, the first point is this, that the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, baptizes us in Jesus. Now we're going to look at three different, the three different baptisms through Scripture. A lot of Scripture is going to be thrown at you, so you're going to have to be writing and, and to investigate. I can't get it all in. And the next 10 minutes, um, you're going to have to, 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 to keep looking at it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 helps us with this point. It says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Okay, it goes on to say, Jew, Gentile, free or slave, it's for all. Okay, now this is speaking of something that takes place automatically to every person when they invite Christ to their life, immediately when you become a believer in sal upon salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ, in Jesus. That's where we get the scripture, the old is gone, the new has come. We are a new creation. The Holy Spirit, the power and the working of the Holy Spirit 
uses what Jesus did to, to come in our life to change our life. Okay? You catching it? So believers are placed or, or, or baptized into the body of Christ. One body. Everybody say one body. Okay, so we have one body is the body of Christ. Now, he goes on to say, if he's the greatest example of about a one body is, is Jesus is talking about, he uses one of the greatest examples about our human body, that there's many members, one body. And, and I like that, I appreciate that, because um, it's one body working together for a given task, Right? I think that's important to understand that if Jesus is saying this as a believer, then we should be working as one body for to complete a task. Now, I will say there's a that doesn't mean that God's opposed to diversity and differences, because my finger does not look the same as my toe. But the Bible says that all of these things that we have work together for a particular task or purpose. You see that? Okay, and so so should we as believe, as a body believers. Um, there's a scientific word, homeostasis. Am I saying that right, Gary? Homeostasis. That is the natural or the scientific definition of your body all of the purpose all of the chemical and physical working together when your body's in homeostasis that's that perfect alignment that's when everything's working right when you have a headache or something going on it's out of balance something in in that is out of balance and so this is a, a picture of god wants us to be homeostasis in him and as a church working together okay okay I know, I'll stop being a teacher. Okay, so the baptism, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's the working of the Holy Spirit for our lives through Christ. Number two, we, one more of this, don't worry. Number two is the disciple baptizes us in water. The disciple baptizes So there's, the first is the baptism of uh, by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. And now we're talking about water baptism. Okay, some of you have heard of water baptism. Uh, Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, So we can see the second baptism is water baptism. It's an outward sign of an inward change or I could dare I say eternal change within us. Okay? Um, we believe in water baptism. Unfortunately, we don't have a baptismal. We 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 just recently purchased a, uh, a inflatable jacuzzi, um, and we we have gotten opportunity to to use it once. But we will be water baptizing in just a couple weeks um, next month, actually, at our Solberg service. So I want to encourage you. Listen, water baptism is an amazing thing. Water baptism is an outward sign, but there's something, not only is it outward, but there's something spiritual that happens. I don't know, I don't understand all of it, but there's something when we do something outwardly that represents something inward that activates in our hearts and minds. Okay? That we could say the same thing for communion. That's an outward sign of an inward change. It seems like God has us to do these things. And so he, he says to do it. 
Uh, Jesus himself was baptized, water baptized. Okay? And so this is something, so you've never, if you've never been water baptized, or maybe you were water baptized when you were, when you were a young child and, or older, and you had no clue what was happening. Because water baptism really comes, is really a sign of what you did when you said yes to Christ in your life. Okay? So if you've not done that, Scripture talks about that's important to do that. Right? Matthew says to baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you've not ever done that, plan on doing it. And we'll do it in uh, July. Okay? See me if you want to do that. We'll get you marked down. But it's important to do that again. And I've said this before. When I was water baptized, I was water baptized um, as an adult, a young adult, not when I was a kid. Um, I was already married. And I had my, we had our first son, and realized I, I, I just we, we were in churches or places that just didn't have the baptismal, and it just didn't happen. We lived in Arizona. There's not many lakes there, <laughs> a lot of desert. There's not an opportunity to baptize. There are a lot of pools, but I didn't have one. And no one would let me go to the pool with them. I don't know what that was. Anyway, that's a whole other story. So another, anyway, so I, w- I was able to be water baptized. And that was in those moments that I really felt that leading and that call where God had called me into ministry. Now, that was many years ago. And it was many years before I went into that. But that was something that God did personally for me. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm not going to get water baptized because I don't want to be in the ministry. And that's, it doesn't happen that way for everybody. I'm just saying that it was, it was an, I did an outward thing, but God did something in me that was really mighty and evident. Okay? So don't be scared. It's okay. <laughs> so, all right. Sorry. I saw some of your faces like, and I had to address that. So anyway, we get water baptized. It's Oberg Lake Service next month. Let's do that. Okay? Um, number three, and this is the one that's always a little bit tricky. Number three, the third one is that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, first I said the first one was that the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ or in Jesus. That's salvation. And this is a separate baptism. A separate one, okay? Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, this is John, John the Baptist talking. And he's talking about water baptism. And he's talking uh, to a group. By the way, Jesus wasn't there, nor were the disciples. And why that's important, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit when he is sharing this. okay? Because the disciples weren't called until Matthew chapter 4. So the disciples weren't here. Um, so Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water until repentance. But he, somebody say he. Okay, so this is Jesus. He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And we saw this evident in Acts chapter 2. Okay, let me read that again. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With fire, So we can see that this is a separate, because John is not talking about salvation, and he's not talking about water baptism. This is a separate thing. I baptize you under repentance, but he who's coming is mine, who sandals, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. When the Holy Spirit came, there was like tongues of fire, Acts chapter 2, right? Okay. 
This is saying that Jesus wants to completely saturate us, baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we're not remember we're going back to our our, our definition of baptism. To completely submerse us into that. Notice that this is not the same. Now, I know that theologians argue this is the same. There's a lot of argument theology-wise with this, but if we were just to break it down grammatically, we have a teacher in the house, Miss Amy Damro, and she helps our school, and we do a lot of, in our school, in our English curriculum, we do a lot of dissecting of sentences. Am I right, Miss Amy? And the kids love it, don't they? It's one of the things they hate. And it doesn't always get taught much anymore, but it's important because you might argue a theology, but you can't argue with grammar. And grammar says, grammatically, it can't be the same thing. The first one says the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. What's the subject? Who, who is the person doing the baptizing? Holy Spirit. And the, into what? Into what is being baptized too? It's into Jesus. Okay? Now why this is important? Because now Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. One is... Okay. Can you pull up um, slide 12? I think it is. Is that slide 12? Keep going to the other 12. It's the three of them listed... Okay, there we go. Now, you can't read this very well. But the Holy Spirit, if I have a little pointer, I wish I had a pointer. The Holy Spirit baptizes us. The Holy Spirit is subject into what? Into Jesus, okay? The disciples do the baptizing into what? Okay, so now Jesus baptizes into what? Okay, so it's three different things. Grammatically, it's... It would be like me saying this. If it's not, it'd be like me saying this. It'd be like saying... That Brian, I'm talking to Brian, and Brian introduces me to Jeff. And I'm hanging out with Brian, and he's telling me, and I'm talking to Jeff, and then Brian starts telling me about Jeff, and Jeff starts, starts talking about somebody else. And so, they're, they're, and so you're saying, hey, you know, I'm getting all this information. It's two different people, two different things. This is the same thing. The Holy Spirit baptizes in Jesus. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Um, now this is a good time to remind you that the Holy Spirit is talking about is the same is talked about the same way in every gospel. So there are four gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Let me make sure here. Okay, just all right. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know what's interesting? There's not very many things. They're all four counts, and not not there's not very many items that are used. Um, they're all a little bit different in account. But one of the things that's always the same is how they talk about Holy Spirit. The other is about salvation. The other is talking about the um, feeding of the 5,000. It's in all of them. Uh, and so there's some, some significance. I want you to understand this. Now, Matthew and Mark and Luke are called what's called synoptic gospels. Synoptic gospels. In other words, if you read, you've probably read this before. You read Matthew... And then you read Mark, you're like, I already read Mark. 
Because Matthew and Mark are almost identical, okay, and 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 how they speak, and so is Luke. They're called synoptic, and they're all pretty much telling us. Um, and then, by the way, just to give you some history, just in case for you history buffs, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are pretty much talking about all about the third year of Jesus's ministry. Okay, Jesus was minister for three years. Matthew, and Mark, and Luke are really the three years of his. Um, Ministry, with the exception of the things I mentioned, and I forgot to mention the other thing that's monotonous with all the four is the birth of Christ. Okay, so so I I want you to when you're like, why is this important? Because they all on the same page. Have you ever played the um, the what's it called the where you whisper in someone's ear and you start one end, you go all the way to the other? Telephone. Okay, have you ever played telephone before? Okay, it's never the same. And, and by the way, these Gospels were not written, like they weren't hanging out together. Hey, would you say, okay, I'm going to write this. They're written years apart from each other. Okay? And so understand, and it wasn't like today where you could mass produce them and I could read this and then I could plagiarize this one. It just didn't work that way. And so they're years apart. And, and so the, but they're pretty much saying the same things. Um, death, life, resurrection, baptism, um, Mark chapter 1 verse 7 and 8 says he preached saying there comes one who comes um, after me who is mightier than I whose sandal straps I am not worthy to stoop down to loose I indeed baptize you with water but he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit so we read Matthew 28 now we just read Mark chapter 1 you see the same sounds like the same verse right somebody nod their head so I know you're awake okay good okay perfect okay now I want to show you a couple other ones Okay, because now we're going to see a little more in depth uh, Luke chapter 3 verse 16. So we know that Matthew and Mark are, are part of the snopness or snopness. Yeah, easy for me to say. Snop, snot. Yeah, let's just say snot. Yeah, let's, let's not say that. Okay, anyway. Let's just jump to Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. To loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? So those three are the same. Sounds the same. John, which was written years later, John chapter 1, verse 33, says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon who you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Go back to that other one. That the three the three slides that I thought was slide twelve. Thank you. So he says he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We just read it. You see it? And John? This is he who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, it's He. Jesus is the He here. Right? Okay. It's very important to know this and to see this because the Spirit had never descended and remained before now. Before this point, he, it, never, it never descended and remained. So we know through this passage that we could say that Jesus received the Holy Spirit. Am I correct? Can you see that right? That's right. Say amen if you're, it's right. Okay, and some of you are like, oh my. That's okay, read it. You can, 
look at it. My hope is that you look that either if you either believe it or then if you're like I'm not sure that you dig in for it for yourself. Um, that would be the goal. Okay. So it's very important we see this because we know that Jesus received back in Mark chapter one. We went on to say and immediately coming from the water. He saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Now, like a dove means it's a it's a paraphrase. It doesn't mean it, they're actual dove. It was like a dove. It's a right. You see that? Okay. So that the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus. So let me ask you this question: Is Jesus our example? Is Jesus the best example for us walking? So if Jesus needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, do we as well? Right? I mean, I'm like, grammar. I get it. Now, I was not the greatest of grammar scholars, but I did learn one or two things. And that you can't, when you dissect the sentence, you get the understanding. So... The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Disciples baptize us in water. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Everybody doing okay? Now, I want to also, just to go a little further to make sure we throw because we're closing now because give it too much. And Anyway, but I want to reiterate the three baptisms. And Jesus had all three in his life too, and we'll read scripture to, to show this. Let me explain. First, he was saved. He saved us. He's the Savior, right? Okay, so he was the perfect one. Second, we already read that he was water baptized. Matthew, or what was it? In Mark chapter 1, and immediately coming up from the water, that was Jesus. He saw the heavens parting and descending on a dove. So we see that Jesus was water baptized. And third, that he was baptized in the Spirit because it came on him descending like a dove, right? Okay, now we're going to get a little deeper. Say, I'm going deep. All right. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. These are the last things that Jesus said to his disciples, his parting words to his disciples. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem. In verse 4, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see that? Okay, so remember Acts 2, that's where we get to Acts 2, where Jesus, what Jesus said in Acts 1, what happened, happened. Right? It was crazy. Dare I say it was crazy? If we read it, they thought he was crazy. They thought the, the disciples were crazy. It was it wasn't a meek, mild, calm meeting. It was a little crazy. Now it wasn't crazy for crazy's sake, but it was crazy because then it made people be perplexed and amazed. And it says the scripture says that because of that, they were cut to the heart, and thousands came to the kingdom of God. Again, it's not about the hype. It's not about the crazy. But what does it produce? That's what's important. And Peter jumps up and begins preaching, reminding them of past prophecy. 
Jesus or and, and, and God had already prophesied of this event, this crazy event, so it wasn't like out of the blue. Acts chapter 2, got, we've got to read it. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now let's watch the three baptisms in this next one. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Everybody say, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I need you to remind yourself that, uh, go back to that screen again. Salvation is often re- is referred to as repentance. Right? In order to be saved, we have to repent of our sins. Lay down, right? Okay. Repent is salvation. It means Jesus or salvation. And then baptized here, let everyone you be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of sin. That is exactly what John said earlier, that I baptize you unto repentance. You see that? In the name of Jesus Christ for remission. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's three. You see the three there? I'm not making it up. It's right there in Scripture. Now, I need to clarify this because this sometimes is a hang-up. Maybe it's a hang-up for you. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm going to address a hang-up that doesn't need to be addressed. But the power and the, and the presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit is not one particular gift. Sometimes we, maybe, you know, um, we're heavy on one gift and not the other gift and it's not this and I'll accept this but I won't accept this. I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit is all gifts. All of the gifts of the Spirit is Holy Spirit. Okay? So I need you to understand that because it would be like this. Um, if, I just said, if I said to you tomorrow, wait for it, but tomorrow I'm going to give you, Carrie, I'm going to give you a car. Okay? Tomorrow I'm giving you a car. And so then tomorrow comes and she's like, all right, I'm ready for my car and I hand her four tires. I'm like, enjoy. She's like, "Uh, are you crazy? I thought you said a car, not a piece of a car. It would be silly for me to tell her I'm going to give her one thing and only give her one piece of it. Does that make sense? It would be silly to think that Holy Spirit's going to descend on us, going to come, and is that we're only going to get one gift. Now, now, often I know that some move in a gift more than another gift. Some of you have been around, you've seen, you've heard Pastor Sellers will do tongue and interpretation gift. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit. And, and he uses that often. It's not the only gift, but it is a gifting that he flows in. Okay? Uh, Marty, Betty, the gift of prophecy. They move in the gift of prophecy. Okay? So, and they'll, they'll always kind of lean that. But they also function in other gifts. 
but it's not the only gift, but they'll lean towards. And that's what I want you to understand. Sometimes we're going to lean towards. They're going to kind of lean, but doesn't mean that's the only gift. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit that brings prophecy, that brings tongues and interpretation. It's the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that brings in, uh, 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 words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and, uh, and all of the other fruit, uh, gifts of the Spirit. It's all one. It's all one. It's all one. And this is where the enemy gets us like, I'll accept prophecy because that's not as crazy. Or I'll accept wisdom or the gift of faith. I've got that one. But the other kind of crazier ones, the gifts or the tongues or the, 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 the interpretation of tongue and all, I don't know. Or maybe it's the other way. I'm comfortable with the gifts of tongues. I'm not comfortable with the prophecy. That's of the devil. How can it be the devil when the Bible just clearly said that it's one spirit working together? So we can't push one away or promote one more than another. It's the Holy Spirit. And this is where the enemy brings confusion. Dividing, trying to divide. I'm on this side, I'm on this side, I'm on this side. I'm on the Holy Spirit's side. And we decide a side, then we've dived right into the lie of the enemy. And that's where fear of not understanding or miscommunication or poor teaching has led us to the place where we become powerless. Now that was kind of bold, wasn't it? But you hear, you understand what I mean? I know there's a lot of crazy out there. There's a lot of, and I know that each one of you, if I were to again do a survey, you probably all have experienced weird in the name of Holy Spirit. It's easy to find the weird. Because the enemy is going to try to help you find it. Just saying. It's easy to find the world. Now Now today it's easy to find the weird because we all have these, these smartphones. And these smartphones, you know what? They feed us everything we want to feed. So we'll keep holding on to what they feed us. And so we feed, get fed this, and so we buy this, and we get these little snippets and these snippets, and we think, okay, that's the way it is, and we didn't get the whole picture, and now we're not being one body. You see how the, Holy, how the enemy hates the Holy Spirit? And if I can divide this camp and this camp and this camp, then the body can't, the head and the, and the feet can't work together. You see it? So it's not about if I if do you do this or you do that. It's not about that. It's about do we rest in the power empowerment of the Holy Spirit when God needs us to move or to do. We should tap into that gift, whatever that gift is. And it's not crazy or weird. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been for the disciples who God called Himself picked so that we would have Christ, so we could have church, so we could have an understanding, so we'd have Scripture, right? We thank, I thank God for these men and women that were willing to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit so I could be a pastor, so I could be a believer, so I could know the truth and the truth could set me free. So why do we divide it? It's the enemy trying to weaken the church. The church. Not a church, the church. Come on. You hear me, right? And Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be empowered by. 
I remember I, I read last week Acts, and I said last week in Acts that they're over and over again the disciples as the, after they received this infilling when the Holy Spirit descended on them like a mighty rushing wind remember I don't have to read that back but remember then they began to that they were locked in now they began to continue to preach and to press in to make sure that people had all three baptisms I read so many scriptures last week that, that pointed to that I don't have time to read them all again but if you're like, I don't know which one, go back to Facebook or our website and look at it. By the way, the notes page is on there with all of them if you lost it. And look back at those scriptures and you'll see time and time again. And so if this was powerful and mighty, and I know we all get excited when we read it. It's like, yeah, man, let's do this. But not, I don't want to do it. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. I don't think it's for me. We read the scripture where it says, all men all should receive right I know it's harsh it seems hard it seems weird it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't make sense and this is the cool thing if we were to let go of that understand trying to make sense of things because when I try to make sense of things I usually before Christ especially made a mess of things the whole reason that I realized and understood I need Jesus because I kept messing it up the natural I was doing wrong all of the time. It came naturally. <laughs> that was a joke. I just want to make sure. So then I had to do something different. If I didn't want to have the same thing over and over again, I had to do something different. I had to tap into supernatural. That's when Christ came into my life. And I said yes to Jesus and he changed my life. Understand that it. I know that this doesn't always seem. In the natural, it seems like I don't know. But we see these men and women that received the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, and they were not the same. Peter is a beautiful example. Man, I love Peter. He, I, I relate to Peter in the way that he always thought he was right, quick to say something. Rarely was it right. Got in the way of himself sometimes. You know, Peter was probably thinking, why do I talk, right? Jesus called him out on it one time. But the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came on, it changed Peter. When the power the infilling of the Holy Spirit came on Peter. He became bold. Remember, this was the same one that said he'd be bold, but naturally he couldn't be bold. And he denied Christ, not only to the soldiers, but to the servant girl. To someone that wouldn't have been a threat. But then this is the same guy that when he receives the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of that, now he rises up. Now he's speaking to the very people that he was afraid of, the very people that could have thrown him in jail, the very people that could have killed him, crucified him, all of those things, and beat him up, the very people that crucified Christ. He says to them, listen, guys. And he begins to get bold. It wasn't him. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that was 
descended on him, that came to him, that indwelling on that third baptism in, at Pentecost. He was saved. He was water baptized. But then this power came on him. And that's what empowered him to do the impossible. What seemed impossible to him. What he would have never saw himself doing. We need that today. We need that kind of boldness. We need that kind of power. I need that kind of boldness. In a time and a world, in a place, we need that kind of boldness. Now, I can be passionate without God's power. So we want to make sure that we're tapping into His power and His presence so that we, we are preaching His promises and His power which the Bible says is love, right? Amen? All right. To be continued, there's a lot more. All right, so let's, we'll, we'll stop there. I'll leave you on a cliffhanger. Like, well, that doesn't sound like it's a finished. Maybe it'll be hungry for more. Or maybe it'll just come back and you're like, I gotta see what he's gonna kind of hold, he's gonna dig himself to next week. <laughs> maybe that's why you come back. That's okay, too. But let's stand up. Let's just close. I just want to pray over you. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.